Hey there. Welcome to Treasure Valley Podcast. I'm Chuck. Treasure Valley Podcast is the best podcast happening within a six-foot radius of myself. Treasure Valley Podcast is sponsored by Lower Gentry Studios. LowerGentryStudios.com has tons of original content that was recorded here in the Treasure Valley. Web series, films, live musical performances, and other great stuff. You can reach out to them if you are looking for help in creating your own original content. How's everybody doing out there? This has been kind of a crazy week. Last week, I had people in here with me in the podcast. This week... They're definitely using the social distance excuse to stay away from me, I feel like. I don't know. I don't know if it's genuine. It's hard to read people over Zoom, you know, a Zoom video conference. It's just not the same. I can't tell if they're lying or telling me the truth. So those phone cameras need to be improved, you know. It's like a substitute for actual human interaction. I think the best analogy would be it's like replacing sex with pornography. It's not it's just not the same. Hopefully you all are keeping yourselves busy. Um, hopefully you, you all are quarantining. I'm going to talk a little bit about why I think we're seeing uh, the problem that we're having here in the United States, but uh, I will do that in just a moment. First, let's talk about what's going on in the Treasure Valley. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? In the Valley? I woke up this morning to my newsfeed to read about Governor Little signing a piece of legislation into law here in Idaho. I don't want to get into it too much. It's pretty ridiculous. But essentially, the state of Idaho is extremely interested in your genitals. So be careful. Watch out if you're in the state. If you're born here, they basically own them. So uh, I don't know if they're going to be using a branding iron. I'm not quite sure what that's going to look like. But uh, Governor Little is after you. Um, Aside from that, let's talk about some positive things, right? There are a lot of musicians out there that are killing it online. And thank you all for making my news feed positive because I have never seen or heard so many live performances as I scroll through my Facebook wall or Instagram feed. It's really, really nice. It's positive. It's kind of a bummer that normally these bands would be doing that performance at a venue or some sort of bar that would be paying them to do that. But hopefully we get through this quarantine situation quickly and y'all have more fans uh, coming to you and making you more valuable. You can actually go to LowerGentryStudios.com and click on the live music link. We've had six bands perform here and we were looking forward to having many more because we just got the studio set up for live music recording and then the quarantine hit. We had wind in the weekend before this all happened. So they're up on uh, LowerGentryStudios.com. We have a YouTube video of them. There was also Helium Shelium. Hollow Collective came and visited us. Nick Delfs and Sunblood Stories was the first band that came in and visited us. And they trusted us to record them. And it turned out pretty well, we think. Uh, Their performance was absolutely phenomenal. So check out that page on Lower Gentry Studios. And we actually connected their band information in the description of each video as well. So you can follow them on their social media feed, as well as order some of their products. I know a lot of them have music for sale. So shoot them a couple bucks if you have the couple bucks to give, because those performers, I think, give us an outlet on the weekend. And right now we're all going stir crazy um, because we don't have them. So maybe we should talk about COVID-19. I think that's kind of on everybody's mind. And I 
kind of have an idea as to why we were so slow to respond here in the United States. Let's talk about that. COVID-19, the invisible monster's going to get you, so you'd better go hide. You better go hide. So we were really slow to respond in this country, and it's kind of sad, but I understand it. Uh, My background is in psychology, and so I thought long and hard about this, and I kind of wanted to go over my hypothesis as to why there were so many people still going out and doing things in spite of this looming threat. And uh, the reference that I want to use is a guy named Robert Caldini, Dr. Robert Caldini. He is a master at the art of influence. Well, not necessarily a master at the art of influence, excuse me. He is uh, well studied in the art of influence. He's done a lot of research. Um, He's done a lot of field investigation. And he's written a couple books. One is called Influence, which was his first book. Very aptly titled. And the next book that he wrote was uh, Prefluence. He came up with six principles as to how you can be cajoled into doing something. He wrote his books as a warning to individuals so that you can learn how to say no to people and know when you're being manipulated. Uh, And then a lot of professional salespeople and other types of people use those books to do a better job of basically manipulating people, getting them to say yes to sales. But out of his six principles that he identified that people use to get a yes out of other people, he uh, two of them I want to focus on today. One of them is authority, and the other one is social proof. Now, human beings respond to authority, period. That's one of our main driving forces when it comes to social interactions. And the, the biggest and most memorable study that ever came out uh, about authority was from Dr. Stanley, Ming- excuse me, Stanley Milgram. It was in 1961. Now, I want you to imagine that you were invited to participate in an experiment about memory. And your job is to teach somebody uh, how to memorize uh, various materials. So you go in, you review various materials with uh, the quote-unquote learner. Then you are separated into separate rooms. Now, in your room is an experimenter. There's also a speaker and a microphone so you can communicate with the learner. Your job at this point during the test administration is to electrocute the learner every time the learner misses a question. And in front of you is a board that has voltage uh, that increases with each missed question. It starts at 15 volts and it goes up to 450 volts. So every time the learner misses a question, you shock 15 more volts. So you're in this situation, and as the learner continues to miss questions, you continue to shock the learner as you are supposed to. At some juncture, the learner asks you to stop. The experimenter behind you tells you the experiment must go on. What do you do? I think most of you believe that you would stop, you would leave the experiment. If that is indeed true, if you were to actually do that, you would be in the vast minority of the population. So the first time that Milgram ran this experiment, he had 40 participants, okay? Now, 
essentially the 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 learner that was being shocked on the in on the other side of a wall in another room was a plant it was an actor and the experimenter was an actor as well so the study was about whether or not this teacher would shock someone to death and this happened uh during the trials uh against the uh the upper echelon of the Nazi uh, the Nazi regime. They were being tried in in Jerusalem, I believe, Israel. I'm not quite sure on that part. Um, however, basically, he was interested in finding out if a majority of people would essentially kill someone because someone else told them to do it. And what he found was that uh, in the first experiment of the 40 participants that were electrocuting the the learner, they went all the way up to 300 volts, which is a lot of voltage. And these voltage meters were marked as severe shock. And then even there were X's over some of them. So all 40 people continued on with the experiment after the learner asked them to quit. So the learner then acted out even more intensely and like begged for them to stop and pounded on the walls and such. And still... 65% 65% of people, 26 of the people, went all the way to the end of the voltage and just continued to shock the learner. At some point, the learner was told to not respond. And the experimenter told the teacher that you needed to continue to shock the learner until uh, if the learner didn't respond. And so these people were just continuing to shock a silent, uh, a silent person on the other side of the wall. So... Most people just simply respond to authority. So what does that have to do with COVID-19? I really honestly believe that we had a complete lack of leadership building up to the situation. And I don't know that anyone would disagree with me. I mean, you might, and that's fine. But I think what we're seeing right now is the effects of that, and, and it could have been prevented, but nobody really knew what to do. Right. So if you don't have an authority figure telling you what to do, you either do what you yourself see or you follow what everybody else does. And that's where social proof comes. And, and that's the second reason why I think we kind of bungled up this entire situation. So when it comes to social conformity, social proof, um, the famous experiment on that was by Solomon Ash um, in 1951. So imagine now that you are asked to participate in a study about visual acuity, all right? And you're shown a line, and then you're shown three other lines, A, B, and C, short, medium, long. It's obvious that the line that they showed you matches up with either A, B, or C. There's no nuance to this. It's just one obviously short, one obviously long line, and then one in between, okay? Now, the kicker is you're in a room with seven other people, and you're answering the question last. So the first person answers the question, and they pick the right answer. Let's say it's C. First person says C. Second person says C all the way down the line. comes to you. You're like, yes, C. C is the answer. Second time, same thing happens. The third time, however, you know that the answer is C, but somebody says A before you. And then everybody else says A. Seven people say A. What do you do? Do you go with your objective judgment, or do you go with the group? Well, It turns out that most people go with the group, even though they feel like the group is wrong. It's not quite as uh, strong of a pull as as authority. However, overall, um, almost 40% of the time, people will just go with what the group says. 
when it comes to the individual, it's a little bit different. 5% of people always just blatantly agree with whatever the group does. And 25% of people are obstinate. So that's a little bit hopeful, for me at least. 25% of people will just go against the group every time. But a majority, of, I would, it says right here in this experiment, 70% of the time, people will just conform to what the group does. And so what I've seen since this fiasco began is a complete lack of authority and nobody's telling anybody what they should do, which people will listen, good or bad, if there's a mandate. A majority of people will, which in this situation, if they're telling you to go in your house and stay in there, it would be helpful for the rest of the population. And so we're looking around, we're seeing what other people are doing. We're creatures of habit. We see what they're doing, and we just do that too. And we hang out, and it's turning into a little bit of an issue. Here in Nampa, it was crazy on Sunday. There were lots of people going out, doing all sorts of things, and I stayed away. I'm freaked out about it, but I don't know how you guys feel. Maybe you don't think it's a big deal. Um, I just don't want to get hurt and have to go to the hospital and not be able to get taken care of. Anyway, so between those two things, we bungled it up, but I, I believe I have a solution to this problem. So the solution that I researched has to do with fubbing. If you're not familiar with fubbing, fubbing is the term used for ignoring people that are right in front of you to look at your phone or smart device. And somebody did a, a recent survey, 2016. So this has probably gone up since then, I would just about bet. And the guy that connect, that did the survey, his last name, I am going to mangle this, Chatpitayusunda. I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce it. If I got that right, I am super lucky. Anyway, um, 60 to 70% uh, of people report being fubbed and fubbing other people on a near daily basis. And so we, if there's no authority and there's no social or people are tending to use social proof as far as what they're supposed to do, maybe we need to give them alerts to their phone because even if people are around them, you'll at least look at your damn phone. And my solution, President Trump, if you are listening to this right now, I think we need to, and all of Congress and the Senate, I think we need to update the, the Defense Production Act, which President Trump just recently put into place uh, or just, just recently forced onto General Motors so that they will use their facilities to produce ventilators because they didn't want to do that out of the goodness of their hearts whereas Tesla Motor Company is just doing it. Anyway, um, he used that because it covers actual material productions um, in times of defense. But what we need to do is include data in that act, I believe. And this is where it gets a little scary, but I think it would work. South Korea, Singapore, they took care of the situation, but they went to pretty heavy draconian measures. People were locked down. People were not allowed to move. Um, I know in China, they had robots delivering groceries to people's apartments. And so that's how they were able to quell this virus. However, we already have Google, Facebook, Apple, countless other companies that know where we are, who we're hanging out with, who we have been near for the last, since we got our phone, essentially. And so with the Defense Production Act, I don't understand why they 
they don't just pull that information from Google, Facebook, and Apple, which we've already given it up so that we can use their applications, quote unquote, free of charge. And then when somebody gets diagnosed with a coronavirus, all that it needs to do is warn the other people that have been around that person. It could do it anonymously. It is going to lead to some pretty scary stuff, I would think. Maybe, hopefully not any scarlet letter type situation, but you could get a warning on your phone based on the percentage of chance that you yourself have been exposed to the virus or maybe carry the virus based on the number of exposures you've had. There has to be a way to do that mathematically. Anyway, that's, that's my solution to the problem. Um, let me know what you think. Go to treasurevalleypodcast.com. You can send me a message. That'll link you right up to the Anchor FM uh, page. And there's a, there's a way to send me a voice message. Or you can just email me. My email is chuck at lowergentrystudios.com. Let me know what you think about that solution. President Trump, you can just uh, give me a buzz. I'm sure you already know what my phone number is. You can look it up. Use that Defense Protection Act. Come on, man. Why don't we end this with a joke from a hat? Take a joke from a hat. All right. I'm holding the hat next to the microphone and digging around in here. It's, it's mostly for effect. It looks kind of silly, but this is only audio. So let me pull that out here. It doesn't matter what it looks like. I mean, hell, I'm not even wearing pants. Or maybe I am. Whatever you prefer. I am the Schrodinger's cat of pants when it comes to this podcast. All right. Here's the joke from a hat. If you're feeling unimportant, buy a top hat. You will cast a long shadow. Oh, yes. How very apropos. All right. Well, thank you so much for tuning in with me this week. Hopefully, we'll have guests on here sooner rather than later. If not, I will do my best to continue entertaining you all by myself. This podcast was produced and sponsored by Lower Gentry Studios. Go to LowerGentryStudios.com to check out some original content, including video productions of this podcast, live music video productions of this podcast. And uh, make sure that you're following all those local bands here in the Treasure Valley. Thanks so much. Bye.